Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to the January 2012 CTSS quiz. This is the first quiz of a new year, and we look forward to a terrific series of 12 sets of cases. So let's get started without any further ado. Uh, this case, I asked the question, what's the most likely diagnosis? When you look carefully at the images, what you're seeing is an infiltrating tumor in the liver, and you're seeing direct invasion of the patient's portal vein. There's tumor in the portal vein. The liver is cirrhotic. It's large, congested. So could this be cholangiocarcinoma? I guess it could be. Metastasis would be unlikely. It doesn't look like hepatic adenoma. This is more likely hepatoma. Hepatoma directly invades the the portal vein very commonly, the neovascularity is very common, so just a very nice example of that diagnosis. In this case, you see a very impressive blush in the liver. You see the prominent vascularity. So this does not look like hepatic adenoma, and this does not look like Fulconage hyperplasia. This is not metastasis typically. It could be a hepatoma. I couldn't argue with that. It's somewhat vascular. But you see how on the image on your right, it's venous phase, and it's getting a brighter blush. Cholangiocarcinomas, because they have a lot of fibrous tissue, tend to get brighter with time. They're also infiltrating. We think about cholangios as dilating ducts, but sometimes they're intrahepatic cholangios, and this was a good example of intrahepatic cholangiocarcinoma. Obviously, metastasis can give you masses that are vascular, but it's almost too large for a met. What are you going to get it from a neuroendocrine tumor? You can get big masses, but then it'll be even more vascular, and it really doesn't look like hepatic adenoma. When we speak about tumors in the pancreas or around the pancreas that are vascular, we always think about neuroendocrine tumors first. But then we say perhaps if it's not a neuroendocrine tumor, it can be a gastrointestinal stromal tumor that's very vascular. We also know sometimes we've been fooled by things near the pancreas like paragangliomas. So here we see a very vascular mass that seems to involve the region of the duodenum and pancreatic head. So it could be a gist tumor, which indeed is what it was. It could be a paraganglioma which it wasn't, and it could be a neuroendocrine tumor, which it wasn't, but surely could be. What it isn't is an adenocarcinoma. Adenocarcinomas are not hypervascular, they're typically hypovascular, and so that would be the least likely answer in this case. Now, in this patient, I'm asking you what syndrome does the patient have? So the first thing you notice is multiple cystic lesions in the pancreas. The other thing you notice is the patient is missing the right kidney. So what could that be? Neurofibromatosis can give you strictures of the renal artery and the pancreas can end up being small. Neurofibromatosis can give you sarcomas. Cystic fibrosis usually have fatty replacement of the pancreas, though you do get cystic lesions sometimes, but they're multiple cystic lesions. And also, I couldn't explain the kidney with cystic fibrosis. MEA type 2A is a consideration, but you don't get pancreatic cystic lesions. But von Hippel-Lindau would be perfect. Serous cystadenomas are common. You also get neuroendocrine tumors, though these look like serous cyst adenomas. You also get true pancreatic cysts. You also get multiple renal cysts. You also get renal cell carcinoma, often at an early age. So this case with the cystic pancreatic lesions and the nephrectomy is perfect for suggesting von Hippel-Lindau syndrome. 
When you look at this case, you see a cystic lesion, but what's most important to recognize is the rim enhancement in the lesion. Now, most cystic lesions are pseudocysts or IPMNs, so that's a good possibility, IPMN, but IPMNs don't enhance. We speak about serous cyst adenomas they can enhance, but usually they have thicker rims when they enhance and more nodularity. Renal cell carcinoma tends to be vascular. This is just a classic example of a neuroendocrine tumor, often small and cystic with rim enhancement. Remember, on venous phase imaging, these lesions don't show that enhancement, and you might not be aggressive because you'll think they're an IPN, MN, and follow it conservatively. So that's why the arterial phase is very important in any cystic pancreatic lesion if you want to make the right diagnosis. In this case, I think the important thing to recognize is what is that image on the right with all those colors of purple and green? Well, this is a classic example of a dual energy CT. When you look at the plain CTs, you see cystic lesions in bone, and when you look at the patient's left foot, you see all of that green. That's classic for uric acid, that's classic for tophi and gout, and that's how it looks on dual energy. There's a classic case of gout on dual energy. Nothing else looks like it. Uh, if you looked only at the axial imaging, you could have thought about the neuropathic joint, but that looks much worse. It doesn't look like osteomyelitis. It really doesn't look like prior trauma. So gout is a wonderful, wonderful answer. And dual energy is very helpful in making a very specific diagnosis and in quantifying the extent of disease. This case is a wonderful example. If I only showed you the axial imaging, you might kind of scratch your head what's going on. But you see two things. If you look only in the abdomen on the left image, you see enhancing lesions in the small bowel. But the most impressive thing, as shown by the 3D, is all of those nodules or lesions on the skin surface. Look at the corresponding axial image. Melanoma can give you nodules, but not this many. Lymphoma can involve the soft tissues, but not this extensive. Leprosy, I don't know what that looks like. There's a classic case of neurofibromatosis. And oh, by the way, those enhancing lesions in small bowel, those were all just tumors, which is not uncommon in patients with neurofibromatosis. What a wonderful set of images. When you look at this case, you see this big enhancing lesion around the porta, and you always think first about an aneurysm, maybe GDA aneurysm, maybe hepatic artery aneurysm, but that's not what this is. It really doesn't look like a tumor because it's too vascular, so it's not going to be lymphoma or serous cyst adenoma. Serous cyst adenomas can be vascular, but not looking exactly like the aorta or IVC. And when you follow this vessel, you realize you're dealing with the portal vein. This is a portal vein aneurysm. Very unusual. I have about two or three cases of it. When it's non-opacified on a non-contrast CT, it can simulate a mass in the pancreatic head or peripancreatic region or look like nodes. So a very important diagnosis to consider and a great pitfall. What about this case? When you look at the first images, you see humongous internal mammary arteries. So something's increasing flow through the internal mammary arteries. And then you look at the sagittal 3D views, and you look at the aorta, and you see there's large vessels off the arch, but there's a break in the arch. So here we're not seeing SVC occlusion, because I don't see the collaterals. Takayashu's aortitis, the aorta is thickened, and the wall's thickened, and it's narrowed. That could be a possibility, theoretically. Kawasaki's usually has coronary arteries, but it's a thought. But the break in the aorta, 
That is so classic. Just past the left subclavian, that's so classic for coarctation. And coarctation gives you the biggest collaterals, whether it's internal mammary or it's intercostal. So just a very unusual case. We typically don't see these anymore, but here was a case I saw about a week ago. Just a beautiful example. What about this case? Most likely cause for the bleed in this patient. Well, you can see there's bleed in the liver, so it could have been biopsy, it could have been trauma. I always say that it's hepatic adenoma until proven otherwise, but the key thing here is the patient has cirrhosis, there's a tips in place, so perhaps there's an AV fistula or some type of vascular malformation that actually bled. That's a thought, that's a possibility. Lymphoma typically doesn't bleed, and now you're in a cirrhotic liver and you see no other evidence of lymphoma. Colomets don't bleed. So what you're dealing with here is a hepatoma. You see the mass in the left lobe arising in a cirrhotic liver, leading to bleeding. It used to be said in the Japanese literature that 25% of hepatomas present with spontaneous bleed. That is probably one of the examples, so just a very nice example. Anyway, those were 10 terrific cases. We're off for a great start for 2012 and look forward to hearing from you and speaking to you next month. Hopefully also we'll see you in Florida at our course, February 16th and 19th, 2012 at the Disney Yacht Club. Be there or be square. Take care. Bye.